Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. to another episode of Halitech Hall. Good evening, Mr. Halitech. How are you, sir? Hey, Double A. I'm I'm alive and kicking, uh, which is uh, which is good in in this uh, unprecedented time that we're facing currently in the Chicagoland area. I am uh, fortunate that I live across the border, and are the cases in Wisconsin aren't anywhere near as. Uh, as bad as they are in the Chicagoland area. So just uh, to all of our listeners and to you especially, please stay safe out there. Um, um, you know, you've got the work at home. We've got safer at home, so it's not as as stringent up here in Wisconsin as it is down in Illinois. And folks, if, if stay in. You can listen to you probably 10 different Bears podcasts every day during the week and not hear the same one twice. So please stay home, stay safe, and let's get this virus out of our way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Knockwood, we're doing okay. We're laying low. And, um, you know, everybody in my circle is, is healthy and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing fine. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as it works out for us in terms of, uh, you know, being podcasters and Bears fans, uh, the NFL just keeps trucking right along, um, you know, uh, somewhat, some would say, you know, almost in uh, spite of of all that's going on. But, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. Like I said, it allows us to um, to have something to talk about. So, uh, you know, fairly, you know, I guess you could say slow week um, this week. But we did just finally get some more official announcements of signings um, and we found out. Uh, the the uh, information on the Nick Foles contract, uh, at least most of the structure, um, which which as I think most had predicted, is heavily restructured and it's to benefit both sides. It, whereas the Bears get a lower um, number uh, for the salary cap, it's going to sit probably at about eight million dollars, with the potential for I think up to six million dollars in bonuses. Um, and Nick Foles has built into it that he still gets his his guaranteed uh, other twenty. Twenty one million. Yeah. yeah twenty one million is still right. fully guaranteed. Right. So he's going to get his guaranteed money, but basically if he hits these bonuses. Uh, he has the option to opt out, essentially, of the contract after the first year and either sign a new one or 
you know, perhaps be a free agent, whatever the case may be. But what it does is it gives, you know, him uh, some flexibility and it gives the Bears some flexibility to be able to keep him under the cap um, and and have a little more room maybe to, to, you know, make some signings. Although, you know, if you think about that, you would probably rather have him hit the bonuses than not you know, they may not have as much room as is being advertised, you know, because people are saying it's now eight, nine million dollars. But if you have to keep that room for his bonuses, then then it might not be. So, uh, you know, I think I think it's good um, in the sense that, you know, a lot of people were out here quoting that they're paying full 17 million, 16 million this year. And, you know, and I think, uh, you know, smart people realized it would be a restructure um, but I just think it's interesting. It sets up some interesting questions as far as, you know, is what is he? What is he? Is he is he really a backup? Is he a guy to a competition? Is he is he being, you know, tabbed to start? Um, does the money, you know, this lower m- money might lead you to believe that the that there isn't as much pressure for them to kind of put him into the starting role. Um, because normally you would say, well, if you're going to pay this guy $17, $18 million a year, it's not going to be on the bench. So it's interesting. It is. And when you take a look at um, Lester Wolfong, our our great friend, and and uh, I've been on our show several times, he posted today uh, a little bit more in-depth about the Foles contract, and, and he had some help uh, with a, a buddy of his from – uh, Brad, uh, Brad Spielberger from Over the Cap, uh, and they broke this this restructuring down, where it's it's basically 24 million dollars over three years, which is a straight salary of eight million per year. He does have up to six million dollars of available incentives per year, so he could te- technically max out at 14. If he maxes out at 14, that means the Bears were in the Super Bowl because that's part of one of the incentives, the way uh, it's been put out in this article. And I guess we would all be pretty happy with uh, with the Bears making the Super Bowl, Yeah. which means uh, which means Foles would be the starter, or at least he took over sometime mm-hmm. during the year. Right. Uh, and and he's, he's looking, you know, he's looking at maybe – uh, based on, and these are assumptions in this article, a million dollars is for making the Pro Bowl on the original ballot. Uh, One million is for being named All-Pro. Then there's various amounts for passing yards and TDs, starts and wins. And then there's probably incentives tied to making the playoffs, advancing in the playoffs and making and or winning the Super Bowl. So, right. um, you know, here's where the, it gets a little... Interesting with the the uh, the salary cap, especially in 2021. For every dollar he earns in incentives this year, that becomes permanent in salary for 2021. So, in other words, if he earns two million dollars in incentives this year, now his base salary is ten million dollars. Right. In 21, with the same incentives that are that are available for 2022. That's like an escalator clause type of thing, yeah. So it's it's interesting the way they put this together, and you got to give you got to give the Bears and Pace and in the the uh, the legal team, the guys that put these contracts together, 
you got to give them a lot of credit for being very creative because uh, there was, uh, I think it was over the cap and I had posted and you corrected me. That it's like, wow, the Bears still have $20 million in cap space. And well, it didn't take into account the Foles contract and the Quinn contract and some of the other contracts of these signings. And it's basically only $2 million. Yeah. Well, that was thinking that $17 million was a cap hit just for Foles this year, I'm assuming. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. now the cap, they got to keep room. They got to keep that $6 million yeah. available yeah. because it's it's uh, it's part of his contract. So they, they have to count that towards the cap. But instead of 17, now it's 14. So that would mean to my simple mind, the way I'm, I'm reading it, they've got at least $5 million of cap space. Um, yeah, people are thinking between five and seven, depending. I mean, you know, and there's still some guys I think that are going to be cut. You probably need about two million dollars to sign your draft picks based on what they've got. Um, so, I wouldn't expect a lot more big moves. I mean, you know, you, they did add this in the CBA. They had this sort of like mid-level exception um, thing where you can kind of sign a guy and, and uh, you know, his cap number is lower than his actual salary is for like a, for a, for, I think it has to be in the league for four years, but so we'll see maybe a few other, few other moves, but I don't think um, it's going to be anything major. We'll also have to see what the I, Jermaine Ifedi contract is that hasn't come out. They, they officially signed Quinn today as well though. And, and that's going to be 6 million against the cap. So that's pretty friendly. Um, friendly cap hit there, which most expected as well. Absolutely. The uh, free agency, you know, there's, there's a couple of articles out there. I think sports mockery um, really slammed the bears uh, free agency selection so far. Uh, And I, I just can't dis, I can't disagree more. I think this has been a solid, solid, uh, free agency period for the Bears. You know, they, they lost some guys, but they signed a, a lot of talent. Right. We picked up, we should get the maximum of four compensatory picks for the 21 draft, which is which helps load uh, the stable for, for next year, getting that depth back that we might have lost a little bit this year. Yeah. But I, I got I to gotta give Pace a lot of credit for pretty much hitting on every scenario they needed to hit on so far in free agency, and we haven't even touched the draft yet. So well, I, think, I think you haven't mortgaged your future, and people are talking about, oh, they gave up a fourth-round pick for Foles. It's like, yeah, but it was a compensatory that they had It was anyway. a free pick. Right. It, it was so, a free pick. Right. You know, it's like playing with house money. Yeah. You know, if, if, if this is this is – you got a Super Bowl MVP. Let's just lay it on the line for a fourth-round draft choice. Right. Sign me up for that every day, every right. day. And, and then you add in all the familiarity, and then the, and then you 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 add in the fact that um, you know there's going to be obviously most likely a very limited training camp, um, <clears throat> et cetera. So I, I think they're looking pretty good. I mean, I think you know as usual the Bears seem to get a lot of criticism no matter what. Um, because it makes the fans upset, and the fans being upset generates clicks, and it generates traffic on the website. So you're always going to see, 
you know, I mean, they put out the stupid power rankings ESPN did, and, you know, for some reason they ranked the, the Vikings eighth, even though all the guys that they lost, and, and the Packers are still fifth, even though I think they had a very lackluster free agency and really didn't gain anybody. All they did was lose guys, and they made a very lateral signing in a linebacker, losing Martinez and adding Kirksey. Um, you know, so I'm not I'm not impressed by what they did at all. They, you know, they add Funches, who's like a journeyman wide receiver at this point. That's he runs a four exciting. seven forty. Yeah, he hasn't okay. had a good season since 2017. Uh, you know, so he's he's not anything to worry about. They lost Geronimo Allison, who's never really done anything for them that much. But he's at least I mean, he's just a young player with some upside. I don't look at Funches as like a guy that I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so. and you know, Allison was at least functional, and and he was—I wouldn't say he was a target favorite of yeah. Aaron Rodgers by any stretch of the imagination, but he didn't perform poorly when he was in the lineup. Well, and who yeah. is a favorite anymore besides Devontae Adams? I mean, honestly, Rodgers doesn't throw to anybody else. No, right? you're you're exactly right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what you know. The interesting. When we talked about this last week, too, we talked about it with Jimmy Graham, uh, and people were like, well, he didn't do anything at Green Bay. Well, name a tight end who has done anything with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. Right. It's non-existent. He doesn't, he doesn't utilize the tight end. No. We have a system that thrives on performance from a tight end, and we had nobody that could do anything at, at the tight end. So, right. you know, it's a, he's an upgrade no matter what. And so, yeah, so I, I don't, I can't possibly understand why people are rating the bears free agency as so bad. And, you know, it's like, they just want to discount the Robert Quinn signing, which to me is huge. Like, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why that's getting glossed over as like, just kind of like a whatever signing. Like, I, you know, I think that the bears front seven is just going to be ridiculous now. Um, you know, so, I mean, whatever my thing. And I said this before, maybe I even said it last week is that I am all for low expectations because that generally helps the bears when, when we're not expected to do anything. That's when the bears usually surprise people and win. So the lower expectations, the better. I would love it. If Vegas came out and said, we were going to win seven games, that would be fantastic. You know, like anything that like that, that can make people, sleep on the bears and think that they're not going to be very good is great. Cause that's generally, like I said, when we surprise and, and do things, you know, whenever they're expected to win, they don't, they don't do it. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here for uh, 30 seconds to hear from our sponsor, ticksplits.com. And when we come back, a friend of the show, uh, Wanda Weidman from our turf football is going to be joining us and we're going to be talking draft. We're going to be talking free agency. We're going to be talking the NFL schedule. Uh, the NFL just made an announcement uh, today about the schedule and when it's going to come out. So we'll be right back after this message from ticksplits.com. 
I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Thanks again to our sponsor, TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. The site is still open, uh, and a lot of concerts have already been rescheduled for later on in the summer. So take advantage of the low prices that are on TickSplits.com. And remember, you never have to pay a service fee at TickSplits, and you get an additional 5% off just by using the, the promo code TAILGATE. That's T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E all one word, all in caps. We are so blessed to have uh, one of our regulars on our show again, uh, Wanda from Arthur Football. Wanda, it is so great to have you back again. I love being on your show, guys, and it's such a, a pleasure just to, to talk football with, with two of my favorite guys. Well, thank you. It's uh, great to have you on again. I'm blushing. <laughs> that's that's not easy to do for a man my age but you did it <laughs> well <laughs> so Wanda one one of the bright spots of uh, of this tragedy that we're in nationwide and worldwide is uh, the NFL is still charging on and doing everything as planned with a few changes obviously the draft is still going to be happening on the 23rd of April and although it's not going to have the big pomp and circumstance and the floats and the, the barges on the uh, in the, the fountain uh, in Las Vegas, but uh, uh, they're still going to hold the draft. Um, one thing that they did change uh, was the schedule historically has always come out the week before the draft, and now it's going to come out the first uh, week. Uh, or first nine days of May, but um, they're not expecting to remove any of the uh, games in London or Mexico or any of the other international, if there are any additional ones besides those five games uh, in, in the league next year. So uh, they're charging on as uh, as plans. So it's uh, it's a nice distraction from everything else that's going on. Well, that's good, actually. I'm actually, uh, I'm hoping that it that it kind of all works out um, internationally and see how how they open those uh, borders. But it'll, I'm pretty sure they're going to take every precaution in the UK, uh, Mexico. We haven't heard anything on that end, so I'm assuming it's all good down there. We're taking a look at uh, comparisons between the NFL in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is on hiatus, and they did have several international games scheduled to be played, uh, the last of which was the our hometown Cubs playing St. Louis in London uh, in the middle of June, and that was the last of the international games scheduled for Major League Baseball to be canceled, and they canceled that last week. So the NFL is uh, certainly trying to keep things as planned, but um, you know, just like everything else with the coronavirus, things will change sometimes 
uh, more often than one, one time per day. So we'll just have to take a wait-and-see approach when it comes to the schedule. And even once the schedule is set when it comes out in May, there might be some changes still. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, changes. I know that uh, they just recently changed uh, the decision in extending the playoff um, teams. Right. So, um, you know, that that's at least a, a good promising thing to look look at. So most likely they would have to adjust the schedule a bit. That seventh team in each conference is kind of an interesting scenario. When you go back and look from 2010 until now, so the, the last 10 years, the Bears would have made the playoffs two other times, both under Lovey Smith. In twenty, I believe it was twenty eleven and twenty twelve. So it it would be you know that could have changed the entire course of of this organization because Smith wouldn't have been fired to bring in Tressman, and Angelo wouldn't have been fired to bring in Emery, and and that was a disaster that that uh, happened for a couple of years, and and then of course we got stuck with John Fox, and now Matt Nagy, although they took a step backwards last year. There's still a lot of promise for this organization in 2020. Right. I agree. I agree a, a lot there. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. It's kind of hard when you're, when you so want to be that fly in the wall, know exactly what's going on in the organization and what happened last year and, and what, you know, what was going on with, you know, with Nagy and, and was he like, was he like uh, shocked after the first run, the first year, and everything like really went, and and Trubisky was was just all over the place and doing his thing, and then the following year regressed so badly that it just looked like a completely different team. And so it's like, okay, what what happened? Because now you look at this year, and now we've got you know Nick Foles as the QB. So there's a lot of stuff we do not know, and it's all behind closed doors, and it's just an assumption of what in the world happened there, whether it was coaches, whether it was, you know, what was the learning curve, what was handed to Nagy because he inherited what, what came off of there. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy with that whole situation. Yeah. One, one of the things that um, I did this past week, which is sort of a masochistic uh, pursuit was I watched the, <laughs> uh, I watched the playoff game from, 2018 uh in its entirety and i wanted to watch it for nick Foles because i've obviously watched it i watched it live i've watched uh -huh. it another another time but i wanted to watch it for nick Foles just to see it's like i you know a lot of people said well he he didn't really play that well and you know they felt that eddie jackson if he had played would have gotten interceptions and and it's true. I mean, watching that game again, he really didn't play particularly well. But the, the one thing that he did and that Mitch did not do until the fourth quarter was made plays when it mattered. He he came up with the big third downs when they needed them, um, you know, with pressure. And he came up, you know, and made the big throws. And then he ended up making the, the throw to Golden Tate on fourth down uh, to what, what you know, would be win the game. Um, right. And what I came away with also after watching that game was that there's a lot, there were a lot more problems with the 2018 Bears than just Parkey. Um, but 
Yeah. Because because of the season, you know, because really, if you look at that game, not only did Mitch not do well until the fourth quarter, they couldn't run the ball just like they could in 2019. Right. They had no tight end just like they did in, in 2019. And that was due to Burton being injured. But here you were trying to make Shaheen into something that he wasn't. And it was, right. it was, it was awful. He had some really horrible moments in that game. Um, and then you also had what we had all of 2019 or a lot of 2019, which was Khalil Mack not getting pressure on the quarterback and nobody else, but Akeem Hicks doing anything basically. Um, and so you had all those same things. I found it interesting. I, I you know, I kind of came to this conclusion that a lot of those things that that really were also at the root of why they didn't win that playoff game actually raised their heads all throughout 2019. But we left 2018 thinking, oh, we were just a kicker away from the Super Bowl. And, right. And I think the entire organization kind of bought into that a little bit, um, or quite a bit, actually. And they put a lot of energy into fixing the kicker position when when really we needed another pass rusher. We needed a, a, a another tight end. We needed, you know, um, improved quarterback play, um, which, you know, they thought was just going to happen. And, and right. so kind of what you got was what, you know, I suppose you should have expected um, to some degree. And then when you factor in the, 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 the more difficult schedule and then you factor in Mitch being on tape in that offense and all these teams having a whole off season to study him and pick him apart. Yep. And there you are. So, you know, and that's, I think what happened is he, you know, that from game one, from, from series one and, and how Michael and I were in, in that stadium, the Packers, had no problems just making him do exactly what they wanted to do. And they said from the minute, from the minute that they started, they wanted him to be a quarterback and they dared him to throw the ball and he threw the ball a lot and he couldn't get anything done with it. So, you know, and that was kind of the story of 2019, you know, as it, as it kind of uh, uncomfortably played out. And I think it was a, a miracle of well not a miracle but a testament to Nagy and to the character of the rest of that team that they were able to salvage eight and eight right right so it's just kind of interesting I mean we've we I think this year we're going into the offseason with all these questions um you know and certainly more than we thought we had last year but for whatever reason maybe there should have been more questions asked last year and we just kind of drank the orange and blue Kool-Aid a little too heavily in the off season. I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you think so far of the, of Pace's uh, free agent moves? Besides, you know, I think you mentioned four. Yeah. I only like two. Well, honestly, there's, there's the two that I, that I like it. And that is, that is Robert Quinn. I really liked that pickup um, because I think he's, he's a really great, uh, powerhouse, and I think he's going to do very well with with the guys that we have on defense. Um, and then Foles, because I think he was, you know, he's he's a better um, a better opportunity than Chase Daniel uh, would have been. So, you know, being that that Foles has played a starter, he knows how to read defenses. He's been in in uh, uh, Nagy's world and. Um, and De Filippo, so that's a positive. But the rest of them, I 
uh, Jimmy Graham, I my jaw dropped. I, I, I wasn't sure what they're trying to salvage out of that. Um, he could be, who knows? He, he could just like shine and 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 give them what what we need in that position, but we have what nine tight ends right now in the roster. So it's, it's pick your poison. Yeah. Um, and, and then they, then you interesting have, choice um, of words there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not, you know, none of them are Zach Miller. You know, we, we were spoiled right. with Zach, you yep. know, he was a phenomenal tight end that we had and it was crushing to lose him. And so now we're trying to figure out who's going to fit that position and you know, there's two guys right now in in the in the uh, um, in the draft that that you know I'm hoping that the Bears would grab and would be available in that second round. And it's Cole Komet from Notre Dame, and uh, you know, and uh, I think it's uh, Bryce 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 uh, yeah yeah. yeah. So um, you know, hopefully the one of those two guys that that it's it's gonna um, you know work out. But, you know, then you have those that you have that um, uh, a couple of safeties and in, in corners that they that they got to try to to fix that position. And, and again, uh, what was interesting. And then there's Jermaine and Fetty. OK, so if you watched any of Seattle's games last year, um, he he had so many penalties on offside calls. So that's something he really has to clean up a lot if he's not. I mean, he even had a nickname on the team, and I can't remember Dana. Um, Dana OG was trying to tell me what the name was, and I had forgotten. But you know, he has he has a situation there. So if he's good at what he does, that's great, and we need that. We need another offensive person on there. But for a whole, as a whole, when it came to the free agency, you have a lot of one year. Um, you know, signings and let's see what you can do. So I don't, I think it was just, we just didn't have the cap space that they were looking for to get really good, great players that we needed. Yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right that the salary cap had a lot to do with what the bears did in free agency and who they signed um, with the, the restructuring of um, Foles contract that was just announced today. The Bears only have about five or six million dollars left under in the, in the cap, which is just yeah. enough to sign just enough to sign their draft choices. But you know, I I I'm going to disagree with with you, Wanda, a little bit. I I think that their moves were were calculated. I think they were they were okay. Um, when you look at Jimmy Graham, he's you know he's what is he six foot seven. He's going to create matchup problems. He wasn't used effectively at all in Green Bay. In yeah, fact, I have to agree with you there. Yes. We, you know, yeah. Aaron and I were talking about that before you you joined us. Aaron Rodgers has never used the tight end in his in his offense. He's always looking to push the ball downfield, uh, or he's dumping it off to the running backs if he can't find anybody open. So the the tight he was absolutely a a terrible fit in Green Bay. Uh, he was he was on uh, last week. He had a press conference. He was, he was talking about his health and he says his knee hasn't felt better than it is right now in the last five years. So he he can get open. 
He can run pass routes. The system that the Bears run with their tight ends is right up his alley, so to speak. So right. I don't, I don't think, and if he, if he doesn't pan out, uh, it's 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 not a big loss except for a few few million dollars that they really don't have. But I'm I'm banking on the fact that that this kid, and I'm sorry, everybody's a kid that plays in the NFL when I look at him, <laughs> um, is, uh, he, you know, he's going to be loaded. I mean, you know, he's loaded for bear, uh, pardon the pun. But um, so I, I don't mind that pick. I don't mind the picks that they use to, to at least shore up the depth for special teams with, uh, with guys uh, like Mingo and uh, and Artie Burns, uh, Jermaine mm-hmm. and Fetty is is an insurance policy in case yeah. they don't do any they they can't get who they want in the draft. But when we look beyond what the newcomers are, who they were able to re-sign first and right. foremost, you got to remember they signed Danny Tre- Trevathan. He was a free agent, so you yeah. have to count him in the mix. Uh, Isaiah Irving. Roy Robertson Harris, Dion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, Rashad Coward was a project that they they had to throw in at guard midway right. through the season. And although he was terrible at the beginning, he started to hold his own later on in the year when the, the you know when he went to the I formation, they started pushing the defenders around a little bit and their running game started to get going a little. You gotta remember they were three and five to start the year, but five and three to end the year. So something started to click, although quarterback play was, was still subpar. So there's, there's a lot of good that's happened in free agency, but you know, now we have to turn to the draft, which, uh, you know, is, is something that, that is, we got to hit, We just we don't have a first round draft choice. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Bears maybe trading down with one or both of their second round picks to pick up extra picks later in the round and get a couple of second, still second round picks, but adding some extra picks later on in the draft. But here's a couple, here's a a few names. You've already named two, uh, that are, that are some of the mock drafts that are out and about. And I don't know if you have a mock draft on our turf football or not, but here's, uh, here's some of the names that some of the draft uh, mocks have, have for the bears in the second round at, at either 43 or 50. Uh, and that is uh, Grant Delpit safety out of LSU, Jacob Eason quarterback out of Washington, uh, Trayvon, Diggs out of Alabama, quarterback. Your guy, Cole Komet, Notre Dame tight end. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, offensive lineman from LSU. Uh, Bryson Hopkins, which we talked about momentarily or a few minutes ago, the tight end from Purdue. Uh, and I, I hope I'm not killing this guy's name, but I probably am. Natanya Muti, offensive lineman out of Fresno State. Damon Arnett, a cornerback out of Ohio State. Kyle Duggar has been talked about. Uh, for weeks now, and uh, Cameron Dantzler, a quarterback, cornerback out of Mississippi State. And so it's it's interesting to see that there's a quarterback uh, on the list 
there's the two tight ends on the list and then offensive line help and, and tight end help. Yeah, that is interesting that they have, um, you know, the quarterback, though, you know, they did sign. Uh, they they decided to keep uh, Tyler Bray um, in the practice squad. So I was I was kind of interested in seeing what probably because he knows the system, so they're keeping him in. I think in um, light of the situation with the coronavirus and the fact that they're going to have limited practices this year, yeah. he's he's going to be a camp arm that knows the system exactly to your point. Right. And, and uh, depending on what Trubisky looks like, you know, uh, it, this next season, if he even – gets a chance to play and, and Nick Foles is the one that starts and, you know, does his thing. But then again, you know, he, he got injured last season early in, in this first game. You're talking about Foles or to, about Trubisky? Or, you know, first, uh, I'm not talking about the uh, Foles. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, Minshew gets in there and then, you know, now he's, he's created a whole, you know, uh, uh, fan base out there and, and did the, that just kind of took over. So it all depends on what Foles does in Chicago and whether or not Trubisky and them, you know, if, if there's actually going to be a competition um, and if they, if there is, who's going to, who's going to come out of this competition. I mean, I, I would, I would be shocked if Mitchell actually came out of it on top and he did some, some major, major, workout and and whatever it is he needed to do to fix um you know his issues in in uh in techniques but at the end of the day it has to come with reading defenses knowing you know uh, and, and doing your your check downs to where you see your your receivers because if you look at so many games last season you saw so many um targets that were open that he could have thrown to and missed um, those targets because he was looking one way, you know, he had to, his eyes were the biggest thing. Look at what Matt Hasselbeck, you know, had, had stated in an interview. He said, if I could just have, you know, a, a chance to train Trubisky to, you know, with his eyes, he needs to get his eyes in the right spot. You know, these are all these little techniques that need to be fixed. But at this point, the Bears can't afford to spend any more time in fixing Trubisky if he can't come up and do what he needs to do, then they need someone else. And now you need someone else. If Tabisky's out, who are they going to get? Do we have any quarterbacks coming into, you know, into the uh, draft, uh, you know, next year that uh, quarterbacks that are going to come in, or are they going to take what we've got going now that is a project they can work on behind Foles? If we can be a little optimistic here, you know, we might be in a position where we're in a we're we're in a we can't lose at quarterback. Right. Hear me out. If Foles becomes the starter and he plays well, he's gonna he's got he's got some obvious incentives because of this the way they reworked his his contract and his contract, one, have yeah. you have you had a chance to take a look at the restructured deal? It's basically uh, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, so it's basically he's he gets a a base salary of eight million dollars per year. That's very cap friendly for a, a, even if it's a backup quarterback. 
He has up to $6 million of incentives he can earn in 2020, but that's based on playing time and wins and making to the playoffs and making the Pro Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. So if he if he earns all $6 million of incentives, the Bears have a good year. Yeah. Okay. Where Where it becomes a little tricky is – for every dollar of incentive earned in 20, that it gets added to his base salary for 21. So if he earns four million of the six million that's available, his now salary in 21 will be 12 million dollars. But he also now Foles can opt out of the last two years of the contract. So if he has a hell of a season and he makes only 12 million, he could go back on on the free market and sign another big deal with another team, or the Bears can restructure the deal yet again and make him the starting quarterback. If he never sees the field, that means that Trubisky has turned it around and is having a hell of a season. So, you know, when you take a look at it from that perspective, we're in a a no-lose situation. One thing I would say about that is that, and this is something I got into a discussion with today on Twitter a little bit, was... I actually am a, a lot of people are saying it would be a best case scenario if Mitch wins the job and and you know quote unquote balls out has a great year. I don't I mean obviously I think that that's true as long as they win, but mm-hmm. my fear is that he so Foles either gets injured or just doesn't work out. Mitch kind of does well um and, you know, maybe we have a 10-win season, make the playoffs, win a playoff game, whatever. It's just kind of a middling season. It's nothing to write home about. And 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 you don't know still at the end of the season who's your guy because you never really saw enough of Foles to be sure. And Mitch, maybe the defense is just so great again that, that it, it was, you know, kind of similar to 2018 because much of 2018 they won because of the defense. It didn't really win because of Mitch. So, again, that happens. And now you're sitting there not sure what to do because do you let Mitch go or do you – sign him to a contract and kind of end up in like, I don't think they give him this kind of contract, but you, you don't want to be the Rams where the Rams now are stuck with this giant Jared Goff contract. And he's who he is. And he's at, you know, he could put up fantasy, fantasy stats, but he's not really, at least a lot of people don't feel like he's a guy that's going to take him to the promised land, but they're paying him like he is. And then, so that's my fear is that, you, you you know you get just enough out of Mitch to 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 make Ryan Pace do something stupid like sign him to you know a, a four a three year sixty million dollar contract and then what have we got you know we've got uh, a, a twelve million dollar Foles and a twenty million dollar Mitch and it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans you know <laughs> at the end of the day so my my feeling is like I at this point would much rather Foles be the guy they build the offense around him because basically you don't have nobody has tape on Foles as a bear so they can they can surprise people like they did in 2018 they have this whole new brain trust in in there to to get things going and hopefully Foles 
you know, does his thing. Maybe they get to the playoffs. Maybe they win a couple games in the playoffs. And then Mitch goes off in the sunset. Maybe Mitch becomes a, a Nick Foles for somebody else. But I feel like that's a cleaner sort of a break. And then we have Foles as a bridge to draft the next guy, you know, for a couple of years. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I, I like it. Yeah. I think you you hit that pretty well. I like what, what my, you know, Mike said as well. And they're both um, what the bears have at this point. So, you know, in at this, I agree with you completely in, in that they, they're kind of in a catch 22. It's what, what are you going to do? If, if Trubisky wins the job and he goes and, and we actually get to the Super Bowl and wins it, then they'll probably stick with him, and you're right. It's, oh, it's and be if he wins the Super know, Bowl, who cares? I mean, he can have the key to the city. Right. They can sign him to a lifetime contract if he wins the Super Bowl. I don't care. You know, uh, my fear is just that we have a re- basically like a repeat of 2018. You know what I mean? Right. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely, because you have a magic year, and like you said, defense comes back, and it looks like they're building the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the pieces they're putting in there, they're building that Chicago defense that's been well known as being the Monsters of Midway. So mm-hmm. they're they're focused on that. But I'm I'm banking on what what Pace said uh, about building around and getting the, the the tools that they need to Mitch successful when they said that they're all behind Mitch. And then all of a sudden now you see Foles in in the picture. So that whole thing kind of went out the window. But it, but if that's the case, then they're building for Foles, and they're giving him every opportunity to be able to, you know, to have the protection he needs to get the ball down the field. What I love about Foles is that, you know, he he moves in the pocket, so he gets in there, and he's not a, afraid to throw the ball. You know, on occasions he's he's done some sidearm and wasn't very successful with the bloody, you know, he's. We know he could throw. So, so we have that in foals. And then you have Trubisky, who used his legs before, was, you know, kind of a little gun shy in using his, his legs at all last year. And, and then trying to figure out at this point, you know, what, what he's going to be able to do. We don't know what's going to come out of, of training camp. We kind of know. What's going to come out of Foles? He's going to do what he's going to do. But Trubisky now is going to be a big question mark because is this truly going to push him? You know, as they say, you know, is is Foles signing on and being that person that's going to compete with him going to push him to success? Unless you unless they there's that fixing of. Of the of the eyes and the mechanics and reading of the defense, I don't know how Foles is going to push him to do better. But if he does, great. I'm all for it. I, I'm all for whoever is going to be under center that is going to take the Bears to the promised land. But but at the end of the day, they got to look at what is in the future. Is it going to be Foles and they sign him on to a bigger contract if he takes us all the way, or or and then Trubisky's gone. Um, or if Trubisky does, and then 
um, you know, then he does it. Would they sign him or Trubisky winds up getting a bigger deal somewhere else? Do you think, Wanda, that the Pace and Nagy are on the hot seat as much as some seem to say? Honestly, no, I don't think Nagy's on the hot seat. I really don't. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think Pace is on the hot seat. I think they're just at this point trying to, you know, they, they have to give to account that they were fixing a, a mess that was before and then what they were picking and, and did some, you know, some good uh, uh, picks. There were so now some of the guys that were, were, um, were picked was kind of, you know, questionable as the one year deals that, that came along, but you know, they did what they did. They played, you know, they, they, they're in and now they're out. So it's, it's just all a testing market. What I like about pace is that he signs the one year deals. So it's a prove it or lose it type of thing. If you, if you sucked at it, then you sucked at it and you're gone. We'll find somebody else. But I think, I think at the end of the day, they have to look at guys that they can keep on the team and build them. I mean, you know, you guys, we, you look at, at how many years and when we look at the, you know, at, at our grandiose 85 bears and we see those players that were on the team, these guys were there for a long time and they, they developed such a, a, um, it's such a family of players and who they played for, how much they played and loved Buddy Ryan and making sure that they played their hearts out because they knew what was on the line. And uh, and if, as they build a defense, that defense has to be that family that they need to be and do the same thing. But there's just so many moving pieces. It's like you don't get a solid group that stays together for a while. And so right. now you've got just too many, you know, too many new people that come in and their trial bases. And I think, you know, with that, that's what I fault pace on is because he, he just gets too many of these, um, you know, these players and then they don't stay longer. They do, you know, granted, I love Danny Trevathan and I'm glad that they kept him. Um, I wish they would have kept Nick Williams. I thought he did pretty well, yeah. um, but you know, they, you know, they let him go, and but I knew that Floyd was going to be gone, so right. now it's you know uh, it's it's now just a matter of, of filling that spot if that's uh, that's the plan. But I honestly don't think that that they're on the hot seat. I think uh, if anything, you're looking at the one that's on the hot seat the most would be Trubisky, because you know it's it's his job to lose. Speaking of Trubisky, there's been uh, some rumors out there that the bears were have been trying to shop Trubisky in, in a trade. Um, we're a little bit too close here in Chicago, uh, knowing that there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke out there. Uh, but being out on the West coast, have you heard any rumors about the bears shopping Mitch? I have not heard any rumors and a couple of my sources have, you know, they said they heard some tricklings, but they wouldn't put any money on it. Um, you know, it's, it's, and, and even I had one of my sources say, you know, it is um, April fool's day. So you're going to get a lot <laughs> of different things that had gone on before. So, you know, there it's, it really goes down to, you know, what if pace wants to be a man of his word and you're going to sit there and, and do a, a press conference and say that you're all behind Trubisky and you're going to get him all the tools he needs to succeed. And then 
and then try to trade them off somewhere. It doesn't say a whole lot about your integrity as a general manager if you're going to say one thing and and then do another. So I, I just I don't I think they're rumors. I think that's all they are is rumors. Um, and uh, if they did not, and they tried to ship them off after his performance last year, I wouldn't. I, there, what team would take them? And it's not a bad thing on Trubisky. I'm not saying that he's he's a horrible quarterback because uh, you know I think with work he he would very. But I just don't think if the the come you know that it, he would wind up being you know a backup because you see Marcus Mariota he's not a starter he's he's a backup now um yeah that's what I think too is that I think Mitch is gonna end up in that Mariota kind of path and 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 I I uh, was talking about this I hope that he gets a chance because they do have the same agent to talk to Mariota and 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 see how he handled this past season with Tannehill sort of taking his job and, and all of that, you know, and, and that would be, that would be a nice scenario for the bears. If a similar thing sort of played out, um, you know, with Foles because obviously Tannehill led them to the playoffs. I mean, they didn't win, but right. you know, they still made a run. Um, <clears throat> I think Mitch would be very smart to look at that and say, okay, look, this is how Mariota handled it. It went pretty well for him, and now Mariota has a pretty nice contract with with Las Vegas uh, and the Raiders, uh, making you know eight million dollars. And you never know. I mean, it, they could get. There's been rumors that they're they're kind of soured on Carr, so Mariota might have a chance to play or you know get a shot um, if things don't go the way they're supposed to go there. And I and I think that could happen for Mitch. I just feel like with this scenario this town this team the way mitch was picked and they traded up for him the the watson and mahomes comparisons there's just too much on this kid like he right he's a a nice kid he's i think he's trying really hard uh it's just the weight of the world is literally on his shoulders and i don't i don't think that he can mentally is going to be able to turn or turn it around um I just don't see it. Uh, it's it's just very hard for me to envision. And if you think about it too, the the guys that are on this coaching staff now, these new guys, Laser, DeFlippo, you know, um, they they don't have any ties to Mitch. They they have no dog in that fight with Mitch and his success. They want to win. So they're the right now they are far more comfortable with Nick Foles because they know Nick Foles. They've worked with Nick Foles. So Nick Foles to me has a has a leg up on Mitch in this case because if you're those guys, if you're DeFlippo and you're Laser and you just saw the entire coaching staff get get fired the year before basically because Mitch sucked, <laughs> you know, are you gonna put yeah. all your eggs in in that basket or are you gonna try to make sure that Nick Foles is your guy because you know what Nick Foles can do and Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl and been the MVP and had some pretty great moments so that's why i think it's like they're gonna build they're gonna give mitch a chance because they kind of have to um you know but i just feel like that all arrows are pointing towards Foles um having the advantage and and winning the job and i and i just think you know we may see mitch play two or three games because you know Foles is definitely a little fragile 
Um, yeah. And the offensive line is definitely a question mark. So you might see Foles miss some games, <laughs> but but that could be good for Mitch in the end. Uh, um, I just. You know, it's like, and I think, you know, there's always a debate that rages on Twitter. Are you a Mitch guy? Are you a Foles guy or whatever? It's like, just like you said before, we're going to root for whoever's under center for the Bears. Um, But what I kind of, again, I hope for is that, you know, for Mitch's sake, that he gets out, (laughs) you know, Uh, because it's just a much more likely scenario that he goes on and has a decent career as a backup and maybe has a couple, you know, bright spots here or there, you know, and then he could be a guy like Chase Daniel that plays for 10 years in the league and makes a ton of money and, and, and gets to, you know, uh, right off into the sunset, not thinking about the Mahomes Watson, you know, uh, you know, Chicago quarterback angst thing that, that has plagued him for, you know, for whatever 41 starts now. Yeah, we've got good Mitch, bad Mitch, just like we had good Rex, bad Rex back in twenty yeah. in oh five, oh six, and oh seven. Absolutely, uh, and people are yeah. calling Foles Orton, and I said, well, yeah, but Orton never won anything, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, like yeah, uh, but he, you know, but he could be a steady guy, you know, and so I don't know. It, yeah, and he's got you know, and 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 I think, and not to to say that. Uh, Mitch has not been a good leader in the locker room. I, I'm sure he's he's very loved, very well liked, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he can uh, he can he can do that. But um, from you know what you hear from the guys, uh, the team of the Eagles, of how much and how highly they talk about Nick Foles and his yeah. leadership for the team. So I think that's that's also going to be uh, good for the team. Good communication, you know, and and uh, being able to, um, you know, to dictate what, what he wants and knowing what the plays are going to be because he's familiar with the plays. So, yeah. you know, I, and I agree with you. I think he's, he's, gonna, he's going to win that, that starting position. And, you know, Mitch will uh, have an opportunity to learn behind a really good veteran player right. and get those tools that he needs to where – he may end up someplace else, and whether it's going to be as a starter or a backup someplace else, you know, he'll get that chance just like Foles did, got a chance, and took a team to to a Super Bowl and won it. So, you right. know, well, that's a... I was going to say, Foles' story is pretty amazing, and, you know, he, he was almost ready to retire after... Yeah. You know, and then he ends up back in Kansas City and then ends up back with the Eagles, Um and and the rest is history, so to speak. Uh, but you know, it's 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 sort of interesting, you know, how the way Foles and 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 you know Bridgewater and um, some of these other you know sort of career backup kind of you know guys, their 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 fates have been intertwined. And I just you know I feel like Mitch's story is not written yet completely, but it may be written in Chicago, <laughs> you know. The interesting thing about Mitch is it might be a very short book. Yeah. The way it's being written right now, or who knows? This obviously, this offseason is going to be short because of the worldwide situation going on right now with COVID 19. Uh, so he's got whatever advantages he has 
he he's going to have to run with it, and he's he's got to hit the ground running whenever the team finally gets together for for joint practices with the entire team present. He's just going to have to be balls out. If and if he's not, Foles is going to be there. If do you, Foles, go ahead. Do you think that that Nagy now will actually have the starters play in the preseason? Well, you've got two quarterbacks and Bray. So one of them's going to have to play and if he he plays Foles, what does that mean for Trubisky? If he plays Trubisky, what does it mean for Foles? So I think you're going to see both starting quarterbacks, maybe not all of the starters, not the not the Khalil Max of the world and Trevathans of the world right. and 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 Hicks and Allen Robinson, et cetera. Uh, you'd be a fool to put uh, Miller out there with his with his shoulder uh, until it's fully healed. Uh, you got to see if if Trey Burton can do anything after basically a, a, year, a full season uh, and two off seasons dealing with injuries. So he's going to have to get out there. So it's going to be an interesting preseason. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're going to have to play somewhat. Um, but one of the things, you know, like uh, on ESPN radio, uh, Tom Waddle always talks about how can they really have a competition, especially with the amount of practices now. They're so limited. They're even more limited under the new CBA. Um, but, uh, you know, Yurko brought up the fact that, well, they, it's not just practices that are going to determine this. It's what goes on in the film room. You know, it's the answers that they give, you know, during that time when they when they're quizzing them and, you know, and sort of making them kind of diagram and, and, and call out the, you know, the the progressions and things like that. And that's where I, I just can't see Mitch winning that those competitions, whether it's in a, right. you know, a meeting room or on the field. It's just it's very hard for me to envision that. And I think that, like you said, I think that the team has backed Mitch, but. Now that there's a Super Bowl winner behind him, you might see that change a little bit, and some yeah, of the frust- I... some of the frustration on the part of the receivers who are tired of getting overthrown all the time are going to be like, okay, guys, like we got a guy that we know has done it, and we've seen him do it against Tom Brady on the biggest stage. Love Mitch, but. Man, I gotta win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we gotta, you know, yeah. I got, I got three years to play this game. Maybe five years if I'm lucky. Uh, you know, like we can't keep, you know, uh, coddling this kid and, and 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 hoping that he just, you know, that he really gets it. It's not Rudy, you know. It's it's like real life here. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you know, that's kind of. That's kind of what I feel like is going to happen, you know, and you yeah. saw a little bit of that start to crop up from Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel, who's now no longer with the team. Um, you know, some frustration on the part of of uh, those guys, um, yeah. you know, being wide open and the ball being, you know, not thrown their way. Tariq Cohen, you know, um, that uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So, it's it'll be interesting. And back to the draft, I was just going to say that a lot of people. I feel like are, are, ta- are talking about the bears taking tight ends, but with this draft, I, I, I feel like the value from what I'm reading is more in the wide receivers, um, you know, and, and some of those skill positions. And if the bears are sitting there at their picks that they have that their best player available might be 
you know, people are talking about uh, Hamler from from Penn State, um, the wide receiver, um, or maybe even Rieger somehow falls from TCU, who's a speed burner. Um, and that's a kind of a thing that, you know, I still think we're missing is a guy that, you know, could take the top off the defense. And that's what Foles will allow you to do. If you get a guy that can actually beat somebody deep, Foles will get them the ball. Um, and that kind of changes how the defense plays you, and then it maybe will allow you to run the ball a little bit. So a lot of things can happen. I just think, you know, you talked about there being uh, Mitch not scrambling. Well, you saw that in that playoff game that without a tight end, the linebacker is allowed to just sit there and spy Mitch so he can't really scramble. And that, you know, I mean, that really played out all year because the the lack of a tight end in Nagy's offense is that adjuster that basically forces the linebackers to, to play coverage and it opens up the middle of the field. And then it allows that, that, uh, that, you know, RPO offense to operate in the underneath and the outside uh, breaking routes and if you don't have that you know it's just not going to work so that's what I feel like the the, 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 the Foles thing will allow them to do is defenses will have to respect the fact that Foles can throw it deep um, so I would look for the Bears possibly to take tight ends but I don't know if it's going to be in the second round um, although Komet obviously had a really good training or a, a combine combine um, yeah you know, uh, and, people and I, are pretty... I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so I watched him all. You well, know, what do you think? What do you think his... about Claypool? You think Claypool could end up being in, on a bear on the Bears in some kind of a wide receiver tight end hybrid situation? Oh, hands down, hands yeah. down. He would be. He would just be amazing. Um, the, for the way that he he can, you know, he can. Uh, just the way he plays, he 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 can get the ball up high, which is great. He reaches out, um, you know. He he just he's a ball hawk, and he will right. get that ball no matter what it takes. But he can be a hybrid of a wide receiver, tight end. So he's got that that ability to do that. He's he and he impressed quite a bit in the you know uh, in the combine and so on. So I think um, a lot of people kind of had him under the under the radar, but. When he showed up at the combine, and I think it was the shrine, no, the um, senior, senior bowl. bowl. Yeah. yeah. Then, then they got to see, you know, what I've been, I've been seeing all, all year last season, his years that he was playing. I also have a hard time envisioning Pace trading down. It's just so not his. MO, yeah, but. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice. I mean. <laughs> And now, but he do, he, he do, needs draft capital though. He does. No, he really yeah. does, and it would be smart too. I mean, if he could trade 43 and end up with a a third and a fourth, I mean, that would be amazing. Right. Because there's there's value, I think, um, and they need, you know, in my mind, they need safety, cornerback, offensive line. Yep. Um, you know, and if there's speed. At wide receiver and running back, and that you can't pass it up, you got to take it. I mean, I think you know, I think they could use another running back too. Yeah, I mean, they they saw quite a. Um, as a matter of fact, they looked at. Um, I think it was at the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dre Brown from Illinois. They they talked to him. He's running back for Illinois, and mm-hmm. um, you know they. So there's a couple of of. Uh, 
Yeah, well, running if, backs. If, if there starts to be a run on quarter, quarterbacks, there you could find some interesting running backs and wide receivers falling into the Bears range there and I, I would have a heart I think Pace is gonna not be able to pass that up. So yeah, yeah living, he always picks one. Yep, living where I live, um, there's a couple of uh, badgers that are flying under the radar. One kind of made a name for himself at the combine. Of course I'm speaking of Jonathan Taylor, uh, the fastest running back at the combine. And if he ended up falling into the, the, the fourth round and the Bears grabbed him, I would not be disappointed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah. they, uh, they had a receiver that was just a monster of a physical talent uh, by the name of uh, Quintez Cephas. Uh, oh, and the yeah. guy just, he, he just is, is just, he's, he's kind of like Claypool in a way because he's got the, the size. He can go up and get the ball. Um, obviously Claypole has the pedigree coming from Notre Dame, but this guy might be another one of those under the radar guys, uh, in the draft. Yeah, I think, I, I think there's, there's quite a few, um, you know, quite a few players that, that, um, you know, he, he winds up finding pace winds up finding some players that you go, wow, you didn't, you know, they didn't talk about that player very much. And yet, you know they're showing what uh, what they can do on the field if given the opportunity, um, but uh, I know that that they um, you, you had mentioned it earlier. They had talked. Um, uh, some people had uh, Travis Gibson, you know, on on their draft boards. Um, and, but there's a wide receiver, Juwan Jennings. He did pretty well, and then Jason Huntley, uh, the running back from New Mexico State. Uh, they talked to him at the Pro Bowl. So they they talked to quite a few running backs, wide receivers, um, and uh, not so many tight ends, which I found surprising. But a lot of offensive. So you know they're they're going to be looking at you know the offensive tackle um, that are coming up that they know that they would probably be able to get in the picks that that they have. So like a Charlie Heck, you know, out of North Carolina or. Um, you know, uh, Matt Hennessy, who can do both center and offensive guard, I think. So he's, he's one that can be, um, you know, switched. So there's, there's a couple of players that I, that I know that, uh, they can, um, they can grab in the later rounds. And, and I like the idea that if they could get gra- uh, draft capital by, um, you know, trading away one of the, the second round, the, you know, picks, then, uh, that would be, you know, ideal for them especially since we need to get more on the uh, safety or cornerback position that to strengthen that position um, alongside, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson and uh, Kyle Fuller, just to make sure that we've got that area um, taken care of. Cause since we got rid of Bryce Callahan, that, that nice nickel position would be ideal to, to have again, that, that is romping around the field there. So um Oh, screen didn't play too bad, Buster. Uh, no, Buster he, didn't. He, a, he didn't he do too bad. Yeah, he didn't do too bad. He actually surprised me, and I was really, really pleasantly surprised at the way that he played because he didn't do that well with New York. So, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how that was going to uh, end up, but it was good to uh, see him improve quite a bit. He did surprise a lot of people. 
Windy City Gridiron, um, our, our friends there, uh, another guest of our show, Jacob Infante, uh, put out a seven-round mock draft um, just, uh, looks like it was yesterday, uh, around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and he actually had, get this, the Bears trading down with both of their second-round picks. <laughs> so, so get this, they... They would get uh, the Steelers' second-round pick at number so from 43 to 49, and then pick up the their fourth-round pick in 20, and a fifth-round pick in 21 for that pick, and then in the trade number two, they're going to trade their 50 pick to the Dolphins for their pick at 56 and pick up a fourth round pick uh, in the 20 draft would be, which would be pick number 141. So some interesting scenarios out there about uh, Mr. Pace doing something we haven't seen much of him doing in the past since he's been with us. And that's trading down to pick up additional capital. Wanda, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you you're always welcome to come on our show. I hope you are always a regular guest. And uh, for the for the foreseeable future, we are going to be recording in the evening, so uh, it'll make it a little bit easier to get you on board. Awesome! That I I look forward to it. Uh, you know, I I I just want to talk football, and if I get an opportunity with you guys, that'd be great. You are always welcome. And if you have, you know, if you've got a if you got a story that you want to break on our show for that you're going to be coming out with or have just come out with on, on our turf football uh, or something else you want to talk about and want to use our forum to do it. You're always welcome. So please feel free to reach out to either Aaron or myself. Oh, sounds great. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. All right. Wanda Weidman or is it Weidman? I always screw that one up. It's Weidman. Weidman. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, from Arthur Football, living out in California, surviving the, the Corona scare as best she can, and always, always a, a, a welcome guest on the Halitech Hall Show. Uh, we'll be right back to close out the show after a message from TickSplits.com. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who is it? Well, TixBlitz.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TixBlitz.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TixBlitz.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TixBlitz.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TixBlitz.com. Every ticket, every venue everywhere that's ticksplits.com for all your ticket needs whether it's sports concerts music festivals broadway show uh they're always around they're still in business they've got six billion dollars of ticket inventory just waiting for people uh to get out of this cloud that is the coronavirus and enjoy uh as they return to normal life aaron Hell of a show this week, and next week it'll get better as uh, we're one week closer to the draft, and we will pick up our our history segment uh, talking about the incomparable Gale Sayers. Yeah, that's a great. That'll be great. Um, you know, uh, great time to uh, always great time to talk about him, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll uh, 
we'll have lots of happenings uh, to to discuss um, as things continue to take shape. Hopefully, the one big thing we can talk about next week at this time is uh, the uh, the flattened curve is starting its downward trend across the country. So, uh, with that, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, to the Halitech Hall Show. Please stay safe and tell all your friends to tune in on podcast, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Halitech Hall, and, of course, Apple Podcasts as well. Where else can we find our show, Aaron? Um, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. You can. It's on iHeartRadio. Uh, it's on Google Play. It's on um Podbean, it's of course on Apple, as you mentioned, um, you know, and, uh, you know, anywhere where podcasts are found, uh, you're, you're pretty much going to find it. So um, you can go on um, our Twitter page, Hal, uh, Hal, at Haltech Hall. Um, my Twitter is A-A-R-O-N-T-O-R. Uh, yours is uh, Texter420, um, T-E-K-S-T-E-R. Um, so follow us on there. We're always uh, chopping it up on Twitter, lots of things uh, to, to discuss. So that's uh, y- y- if you follow us, you will definitely have no problem finding the podcast. So with that, we'll see you. Everybody, next week, Aaron, stay safe in Chicago, and I'll try to stay safe uh, just north of the border up here in Cheeseland. Indeed. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and stay safe.